Well, it's, this is our first uh, Sunday in person for 2024. Uh, last Sunday, remember, we had quite the, the blizzard, a foot of snow. Um, and so what I'd like to do today is, um, you know, often at Second Baptist Church, we have certain areas of focus every year. Um, and, and this year, for 2024, our area of focus, our emphasis is the Lord leads. Okay, would you say that with me? The Lord leads. The Lord leads. Now, why? Why is that our, our, our focus this year? Uh, what, what, what did the Lord lead me to that phrase? Three reasons. First is that as Christians and as a church, we are called to follow the Lord in all things, right? So the, the Lord leads. It's a reminder for us to seek our leader in every single decision we make, every area of life. Uh, so, I mean, basic Christianity, right, is that we are Christ followers. It's in the name, right? Christ, we are Christians. We, we follow Christ. Um, but many of us, we, we struggle with this because we always want to seek control. We want to say, well, let me lead my own life, right, instead of the Lord leading. No, each step we need to seek him. Second reason why I think this is an appropriate theme is that uh, we are revisiting our governance structure. Um, you know, how is our church led? What's our structure? Christ, he is the head of the church, um, and we're not a business. We are the body, the body of Christ. And so does our governing structure, does it really help us to seek God in every decision so that everything we do is led by him? And so that's a core value, is that as the leadership goes, so goes the church. And so as a leadership group, are we really seeking, you know, God? And how do we best connect to his leading? We're going to be looking at that uh, as our restructure committee throughout the whole year. And then finally, 2024 is an election year. Um, so political parties, political candidates will try to lead us. They will try to lead us in adopting their views, their frameworks. They'll even sprinkle a little bit of a religious language in there to get us to follow them. Or they'll play on our fears. But we know that the Lord leads us. So, so we submit all that, every talking point, everything like that. We say, no, 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 the Lord leads. And we submit that to him. So for those three reasons... The Lord leads is our theme for 2024. The Lord leads. Now, to begin this sort of theme for the next few weeks, uh, we'll return to the Gospel of Matthew near uh, Easter. We'll be finishing the Gospel of Matthew as, you know, with, when we look at the resurrection appearances, all that more during Lent. But for the next few weeks, we're going to look at something that's going to help us uh, help, the Lord, uh, help us commit to that Lord leading us. And, and that is we're doing this, as Chrissy mentioned, we're doing a short series on our emotions. Now why? Why are we doing that? Well, we don't deal with emotions very well. Um, we either let, we are led by emotions that the Lord doesn't lead, that our emotions lead us, or we go on the other end of the spectrum and we totally ignore our emotions. We stuff them. And we don't allow the Lord to use our emotions to teach us something deeply about ourselves and about where we should be going. Um, 
Peter Schizero, who uh, I really like his writings. He, he talks about emotionally healthy leadership, discipleship, all of this stuff. He has a, a good illustration that I'm going to use throughout this series that I think is very uh, helpful. And that is, as we go on our journey of life, um, you know, we have to deal with our emotions, but we don't deal with them well. So he compares that to being on a journey with your kids in the car. Your emotions are like your, your children. You don't want them driving, <laughs> but you also shouldn't stuff them in the trunk. <laughs> but so many times, that's, like, that's our approach to emotions. They either drive us or we stuff them. Neither of those are good approaches. Emotions are an important part of who we are, and when treated properly, God can use them to actually lead us closer to him, to bring us into a deeper um, transformation of not just our minds, not just our will, but our emotions too. He can transform all of that. So we're going to look at, in the next month or so, we're going to look at the negative emotions, uh, fear today, uh, sadness, anger, guilt. Like, well, what about the positive emotions? Well, we'll maybe get to those some other time, but we generally have the more difficult time with the negative emotions. Those are the ones we stuff. We usually don't have trouble expressing our joy to God or out of that. We have trouble, though, with our fear, sadness, anger, and guilt, all of that. So today we're going to look at fear. We don't want to be led by fear, but fear is such a powerful, primal emotion. And if, if we don't acknowledge our fears, then though if we pretend like, well, I'm not supposed to fear, so I'm not going to, you know, no, I don't fear anything. But we can't, then God can't take that fear and lead us through the fear and, and, and deeply transform us in the midst of difficulty. So we're going to kick off this series both on the Lord leads as well as, you know, talking about fear by looking at Psalm 23. That's right. It's not just for funerals. Psalm 23. It's, you, you've probably heard this psalm many times, but we're actually going to look at it uh, today. So, so Psalm 23. I will read it. It'll be on the screens. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In this psalm, who is the shepherd? The Lord, right? The Lord leads me, right? He leads me beside still waters. He leads me on the path of righteousness. And that's what a shepherd does. A shepherd's job is to lead the sheep, to lead the sheep to food, to water. And a shepherd in Israel especially had to constantly lead his sheep. It's not like, you know, in New England where we can just put some fences up, throw the sheep out there, you know, have a good time. That Israel's very dry. So shepherds would have to lead their flock from place to place where there was green pastures because most of the place is just sand and rock. And 
and because it didn't rain that much, they'd have to lead them to the places of rain. And, and shepherds not only would lead to provision, but they would also lead for protection. Sometimes that in order to get to that place, the green pasture, that still water, they would have to um, lead their sheep through a valley. And those, those, the, the valley would have steep sides and there'd be predators hiding in the rocks, the, the place of deepest shadow. But the shepherd leads the sheep in this and through this, through all those fearful places. That's why it says, you know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so the Lord, like a shepherd, leads. He provides, he protects, so that we, we are, are called to follow his lead, not follow our fears. And, and believe me, sheep have a lot to fear. They, have, they don't have any, like, fangs. They don't have claws. They're not particularly fast. They're not particularly smart. Um, and so there's, they have much to fear. They, they can fear predators, right? Sheep, they get spooked really easily. Um, a plastic bag blowing in the wind causes them to run. So I had the, the, the worship team, like the creative arts team, leave the sheep up, right? Because, you know... The, the uh, sheep, like almost anything, right? They're supposed to follow the shepherd. But hey, look at, look at these poinsettias. They've fallen down. That's scary. And so the sheep will run away, run away, run away, right? <laughs> and, and so many times we're, we're driven by fear. If we follow our fears, it, it, it leads us away from the shepherd, this fear drives us away from the shepherd and, and, and away from the safety of the flock. And that's what our fears can do to us, too. Now, sometimes fear, not only do sheep fear predators, so again, a, a fallen point said it could scare them away, but they also, like all animals, fear uh, hunger and dehydration. And so um, they'll run up to a raging river if they haven't drank in a while. And, and in Israel, when it does rain, it rains heavy and hard in the wadis. Those are the, the little valleys. They get filled with rushing water um, very quickly. And so sheep can run up to those and the water can carry them away. That's why the shepherd leads them beside still waters. That, yeah, there's lots of water over there, but if the sheep get near that, they could get carried away. Or... As I mentioned, that it's so dry in Israel that a lot of times there would be a green patch. And if you know anything about sheep or goats, is if you let them just eat, they will eat down to the roots. They'll tear the roots out if you let them. And, if, and so a wise shepherd, there might be a green spot. They'll let the sheep eat there a little while, but before they get down to the roots, and know it's time to go and find a new place because in a month or so, you know, with the dew, I could come back here and feed them here again. But if a sheep is, you know, is fearful of that hunger, they might be reluctant to follow the shepherd because, you know, there's, there's green here. I, can, I need to stay here because they fear that starvation. So sheep have much to fear. But when sheep are led by their fears and not the shepherd, that's when they go astray. But with the shepherd, the sheep don't need to give in to all the fears that sheep have. Because they have a lot. And so it is with us. The Lord leads us like a shepherd. So we don't have to be controlled 
by fear. You know, it's, it's easy to follow God or follow the shepherd when you see, oh, he's leading me to a green pasture. I can see it up ahead. Oh, I'll follow him now. But it's more difficult to follow him when he seems to be leading you away from a, a green pasture because, you know, you've already eaten there and through the valley, a dark valley. But yet the Lord will lead us in pilgrimage to the abundance of his eternal house. And that's what those end verses, five and six, you know, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Uh, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We'll get to that a bit later. But we arrive, the images change from the Lord as a shepherd to the Lord as a host. But the reason, the reason we arrive at that blessed destination is because the shepherd leads us there. We can't get there on our own. We can't get there by following other things like, you know, our, our fears or our, our ideas or false shepherds or wolves or, or mirages in the desert. Those things lead us astray. Those things will lead us away from the shepherd. But the Lord leads us on the right paths. So I think a question that each one of us, as, as we think, is this, is the Lord going to lead me this year? And we look at our emotions, we say, all right, who, who is leading me? You know, every, every step of each day, what led me to take that step? Or what fears in particular do I have that, that tend to make me run in a different direction than what God has? Because we are like sheep, and many times fear can lead us, and it usually leads us to unhealthy and harmful responses. So, for instance, if any of you have a pet, like a, a dog or a cat, and maybe you have them outside, and, you know, something might scare them, and what do they tend to do? They tend to run, and they'll run away from you and into the road. The, 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 a dangerous place when if they had only run to you and you would have taken them and, and brought them inside, but their fears caused them to run. So it is with us. And we're emotional beings. And fear especially can take over and lead us to run away from the shepherd. But again, Emotions, they're, they're like children. They're a gift. Yeah, they shouldn't be driving us. But again, that doesn't mean you should put them in the trunk. So which do you tend to do? Now, I'm going to talk about both. Yes, our emotions can cause us, to, can lead us. But if we just stuff them in the trunk, that's also not good. We'll talk about why. But which do you tend to do? Are you one that follows your emotions or are you one that stuffs them? Again, we each have our own kind of personalities. You know, for much of my Christian life, I, I stuff them, right? Faith over feelings. And that's true. You don't want your feelings to lead you, but that doesn't mean ignore your feelings. And am I saying that, all right, God, you can transform my will, so I'll make choices based on your word, but no, no, you can't transform my emotions, no, God wants it all, and he can transform it all so that we're not just doing what God leads us to do, but we're doing that in a way that's deeply transformative, and he changes our, our hearts, not just our minds, not just our wills, but the whole being. And so we 
need to pay attention to our emotions. But we also, again, don't want them driving. So, and, and maybe, you know, why most of the time do I just stuff my feelings? Maybe it's an overreaction to our culture, because our culture tends to say, no, if you feel something, run with it, right? Do whatever you feel like. And, you know, that's, that's like how I operated as a teenager, right? That if I felt like something, they led the way. So maybe I was trying to go against that. I don't know. But maybe that's you. And I've seen it so many times where folks, we, are, we can be led by our emotions. Maybe it's fear of, of loss of control, right? So you don't follow God into new things because you're afraid that if you lose control, like that's something you're scared of. So you'll follow God as long as you can, you know, as long as he doesn't ask you to do something that's out of your comfort zone. Or, or maybe we're our fear of abandonment. I've seen this a lot, where we run from relationship to relationship. We compromise our convictions, and we allow ourselves to be treated poorly. Why do we do that? Well, our various fears lead us to those things. And if we allow them to lead us, it leads us away from God. And so we need to pay attention to our emotions. We need to lift them to God so that they don't have ultimate say. And I, again, I know this is anathema in our culture where, no, follow your heart. But no, we follow the Lord. We follow the shepherd. And yes, feelings, emotions, they're a part of us. But we're more than just feelings. And so we let God lead us, not our emotions. And so as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil. And it's not that you won't feel fear, but that its power to lead us is no match for the shepherd's leading and comfort. So that's the balance. It's like, yeah, I, I, I feel fear, but I'm not going to allow it to lead me. I'm following the shepherd. But that doesn't mean we ignore our emotions either. Because God can speak to us, and he can guide us through them. And again, if we have the Holy Spirit of God, then we have God's presence in us, able to transform us from the inside out. Now, because, I'll speak for myself, I stuff my emotions in the trunk a lot of times, I can miss out on what God is trying to tell me through those emotions. You know, it's just for an example, you know, as a pastor, there'll be some blow up in the church or, or, or someone leaves and they don't just say anything, they just disappear. Oftentimes, I just stuff that concern, stuff those feelings. That doesn't matter how I feel. And yet, right, I'd feel anxiousness, uneasiness, fear, but I'm not supposed to fear. So I would say, no, I, I'm not fearing that. I'm not anxious. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. And yet, 3 o'clock in the morning, wake up, turn things over and over in my head. And yes, I would look to God's word. I would do what it says. I would even say what it says and trust it, but then ignore how I feel. And you might think, well, pastor, what's the big deal? I mean, as long as you're obedient, well... God can use emotions to teach us, to transform us. Because, again, or am I saying, God, I just, I'm just giving you my will and my, my intellect, but I'm not going to give you my emotions? No. We want to give God it all. 
And, and those negative emotions, they can have an unhealthy effect on us. We can ignore them, kind of like, you know, when your doctor tells you that you should cut out the cholesterol and say, ah, it's a conspiracy. Um, and just keep eating your fried chicken and all of that stuff. The problem is, is that our negative emotions, it's like cholesterol. It builds up into our hearts, and then our heart can be damaged. So that, and, and that can happen emotionally. It can happen spiritually, where our hearts become damaged because we ignore the buildup. And then when our hearts become damaged spiritually, you know what that produces? It doesn't produce a heart attack. It produces cynicism, insensitivity, or being numb to our emotions. And if you're a Christian long enough, if you're in ministry long enough, there is that temptation towards being cynical, to being fatalistic. Oh, I've been in ministry long enough. Things will never change. They'll never change. I'll never change. I've seen it all. And that, my friends, is not a good place to be in our hearts because we want God and we trust him to transform us, our whole self. God wants to redeem the whole thing, not just our will, but our emotions. And so when we acknowledge our emotions to God, when we even start even asking God, so why like, why do I feel this way? What, what exactly am I afraid of? What exactly am I anxious about? He can lead us into deeper surrender. He can lead us into a place where we understand more about what needs to be transformed in our hearts. And as we look at these Psalms, the next few weeks, we'll see that God, he constantly is, is um, through the Psalms, encouraging us to lift those emotions up to God, the fear, the anger, the guilt. And God takes those things, he hears them, and then he uses those things to lead us closer to him, lead us into a deeper relationship with him. Again, not just our minds, but our hearts as well. I know for me, I mentioned this before, a lot of times when, you know, I, I lift that stuff up to God and, you know, like, God, what am I worried about? What's, what's going on? Why, you know, and, and he'll often reveal, and he has, like, you know, my, my fears, I don't, as you know, I don't, I don't like feel physical, fear physical danger that much, so, so I go everywhere and whatever. I'm not fe afraid to die. It's, you know, it'll be rest. But we all have fears. And what I'm fear of, what I have a fear of is failure. And the Lord, he often will, will bring that up and say, so you fear failure. And, the re and, and one of the reasons you struggle with that is because your definition of success is not biblical. See, oftentimes I'll just take the definition of success that's in the world. And here in America, what's that? Bigger is better. The more, the more, the better. And so every person who would just disappear from church, it would, it, would, it would bother me so much because I had taken that incorrect definition of success, that more is better. And the Lord says, no, success is following my will in my timing and in my way. And if you're doing that, that's the success. So though, but taking those fears and lifting them up to God, God was able to transform some of these things and remind them, remind me of these things 
things and change not just, oh, you know, do this decision, but change even the way that I'm thinking. But if we just take our emotions and stuff them in the trunk, we're in essence saying, God, yeah, this part, I don't want you to deal, I don't, I don't want you to deal with this part. I can handle this on my own. We, we limit God so that he can't then take those emotions and show us things about ourselves that he wants to transform. And so, yes, we don't want our emotions driving us. We don't want our emotions to lead us. We want the Lord to lead us. But we also don't want to take our emotions out of the Lord's hands. No, we want to bring those up to the Lord, and especially when it comes to our fears. But as we'll see in the next few weeks, it's also the things that make us angry, the things that cause us guilt, the things that bring us deep grief. These are things that we want to put into God's hands so that he can then give them back to us and actually lead us to new and deeper places. So let us, in this new year, if it's really about the Lord leads us, let's lift up those things those feelings, those emotions, and ask, why, Lord? You know, why am I feeling this fear? Or why am I feeling this anger? Or, Lord, what, what exactly am I afraid of? What exactly is causing me this deep worry? And maybe it's fear of losing control. Maybe it's fear of, of failure, fear of loss, fear of rejection. Uh, again, there's so, we all have different fears that cause us to want to run from the shepherd. And we bring these to him. And so we can pray Psalm 23. Lord, you're my shepherd. I'll, I'll fear no evil for you're with me. We acknowledge that. And as Chrissy mentioned, sometimes we sing that as a reminder that our feelings aren't in line with what we know. But we don't do that by, again, ignoring them. We say, okay, why, Lord? I, I, I do fear. I'm following you anyways, but I'm fearing this valley of the shadow of death. So do a work in me and expose and transform the underlying things that feed our fears and so that we'll follow him. We'll find comfort in his presence. So the Lord leads. The Lord leads us. But he leads us in a way that is deeply transforming, a way that is eternal. So I, I mentioned in verse 5 and 6 that the imagery shifts from the, the Lord as a shepherd leading a flock to the Lord as the host of a house. And, you know, we're going to be observing the Lord's Supper today. We were going to do it last week, but again, we didn't meet in person, so we're going to do that today instead. But... I think it's, a, it's very appropriate in that as a good host, what does God do? He, he gives us fragrant oil to anoint our heads. Our cup runneth over, it says, so he quenches the thirst so that goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's house is eternal. And, and he, he leads us to that place, to that eternal house where we can have eternal fellowship, abundance with him. And that's what we remember 
when we observe the Lord's Supper, right, we remember that the, the, cup, the, the cup of Jesus' blood, right, it makes our cup runneth over eternally. That, that our, the, the cup it, that, that we have, it's not a cup of God's wrath, but it's a cup of the blessings of knowing him forever. It makes me think of uh, John 10, 11, where Jesus, he says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That we trust that shepherd who, who shed his blood for us. We trust him more than we trust any of our emotions. And, and he leads us to that eternal house. And so we start the year acknowledging that the Lord leads us. He leads us. That the reason we can not fear death, not fear sin, not fear God's wrath is because Jesus exchanged the, the cup of his blood for the wrath of God. And because of that, we can enjoy God's presence forever. And so let's do that. Let's go into our time of the Lord's Supper and hopefully you received a cup when you came in. And again, let's this bread and this cup remind us of the good shepherd, the good shepherd who laid down his life. And so I'm going to this time read from Matthew. This was the Lord, he was speaking right before his betrayal, right before he was actually going to be arrested and led away the next day, his, he would shed his blood because he is a good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. It says, now as they were eating, Jesus, he took bread and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. So we take and eat this bread in remembrance of Christ's broken body, the good shepherd for us. Then says, and then Jesus took a cup. And again, it, it was a cup that did not represent the, a cup of God's wrath, but it, it represented his blood and his pouring out of his blood. And so he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink the cup in remembrance of Christ's shed blood. Dear God, we have taken the bread and the cup. Lord Jesus, we've taken it and we recognize that you are the good shepherd. You laid down your life for us sheep. And Lord, we confess so many times we do run. We allow our fears, our emotions to lead us away from you. 
Whereas, Lord, despite the cross, despite having to have your body broken and your blood shed, you went to the cross in obedience to the Father because you are the good shepherd. So, Lord, with that in mind, we pray that 2024 would be a year that you lead us. Lord, you alone lead us, and we can trust you because you're the good shepherd. So, Lord, we put all of these things in your hands. As we sing this last song, Lord, we lift up our whole selves because you lifted up your whole self. We lift up, Lord, not just our will, that we would do your will, but we, would, we lift up our minds, Lord. We lift up our emotions and pray that you would take them, Lord, and transform them so that we reflect you in everything we do, everything we say, even everything we think, Lord. And we are grateful that you're the good shepherd. Lord, we praise you in these, these moments, this day at the beginning of this year. Lord, lead us. Lead us closer to you. We pray this in the good shepherd's name. Amen.